0: So I learned another word this week from my kids, and that word is "chotch," C-H-O-C-H. Go look it up in the Urban Dictionary. Chotch is an intentionally extra provocative way to describe an extremely annoying, arrogant person who refuses to acknowledge their douchiness. Examples of a chotch include Ryan Day or Brian Kelly, Lincoln Riley, for example. He's a poster child chotch. This week, we learned of a new animal, the mega chotch.
1: It's time for the Mad Dog Show, coming to you live from the Park Group studio
2: in the heart of the Bulldog Nation. The Mad Dog Show is proudly sponsored by... The Sanford Company, dogbone.net. Bulldog Illustrated, Classic City Collective, The Park Group Marketing and Media, Bib Distributing, Sellers Construction, Ventures Barbecue, Go Clean Co., Jay Lee Attorney at Law, Pelicano Construction, Jags Pizzeria, Make It Monogram, Ortho Georgia, Cherokee Brick, Progressive Communications, Butler Auto Group, ASP, Ward Mini Storage, Walthall Oil Company, Beach Services, Willingham Sashendore and Cranford Chiropractic.
1: Now, here he is, the Mad
3: Dog.
0: The Megachotch is an extremely annoying, arrogant person who narcissistically lies about their douchiness and misdeeds, despite their obvious guilt. And I'm speaking, of course, of the mega-ch- Megachotch. Jim Harbaugh, he's already been caught cheating. He's been caught lying about cheating. And now his organization has been caught red-handed cheating again and again and again, game after game for three years. It's not just a pattern of cheating. It's a bona fide strategy of cheating. Mark Slayball was on this podcast just last week. He's ESPN's senior writer for college football. How I wish that we could have him on the show this week. This week, he broke the story about Michigan's employee, Connor Stallions. Connor's been a very busy boy for the last three years. He's bought tickets at this point to over 30 games of Michigan's opponents. So he could sit across from their bench, and video their coaches signaling in the plays. That is categorically against the rules. Michigan bought tickets to every single opponent's games in the Big Ten, and now we find out that they also bought tickets to the potential college football playoff opponents, and who does that include? That includes us, the University of Georgia. at best, the outcome will be they get fined and they lose scholarships and they vacate wins. And oh, by the way, vacating wins is a kinder, gentler way of not using the F word. And the F word is forfeit. And at worst, they're going to have all of the above. Plus, Harbaugh will get fired for cause and they will have the death penalty because that's what they deserve. That's what should happen when you get caught cheating. Over and over and over again, Michigan and Harbaugh are 100% caught red-handed. All we have to do is look at Michigan's history to see exactly how this has played out before and after the cheating started. 2019, they had nine wins and four losses. That's a pretty good season-ish. Then in 2020, they went 2-4. and An abysmal season. And then magically in 2021, when their cheating kicked in, they miraculously turn everything around and go 12 and 2. And finally, they beat Ohio State. But their cheating didn't work on one person, and that person is Kirby Smart and his pack of rabid dogs. We still kick their cheating asses by a score of about 34 to 11. And the score is actually not as bad as what really happened on the field. 2022, their cheating got even better as they beat Ohio State again, and they went 13-1. and But apparently, you can't out-cheat turnovers because they sharted the bed against TCU, which in hindsight is even more hilarious. Finally, in 2023, they seem to have perfected cheating. They've gone undefeated. But you see, my dogs, as we all know, cheaters never prosper. So, to recap... The last nine months of Harbaugh, he got caught for cheating in the COVID year of 2020. And he lied about that cheating when he went two and four. And now this, this scandal is massive. The repercussions of this are going to be felt for years. And the question now is, does the Big Ten Conference grow a sack and punish them like they should? Well, listen. You didn't tune in to hear me rant and rave about the mega chotch Harbaugh. You already knew that he was a cheater. You joined our Halloween special because it's always fascinating to see just what Buffalo might do because it's Halloween. And that means it could be just about anything. And what might dogger surprise us with? And Dr. Snetzer, he's going to teach a master class on the tightrope procedure. There will be dazzling visual aids, and there will be an open book test followed by that. Bert Hodges goes by the name, the street name, the Stat Freak. You can find him and a whole world of dog news on dogbone.net. And if that's not enough, she's back by overwhelming demand and her podcast, Any Given Saturday, and she is Cassidy Pearson. And finally, we may just have a return visit from legendary Lindsey Scott. But now it's time for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. So we got to hear from the one and only Larry Munson, The Call That Will Forever Send a Chill Up My Spine and Put a Lump in My Throat. savor it once again because it will never get old.
4: Back third down on the eight in trouble. Got a block behind him. Gonna throw in a run, complete to the 25, to the 30. Lindsey's got 40, Lindsay's got 45, 50, 45, 40, run Lindsay, 25, 20, 50, 10 5, Lindsay Scott, Lindsey Scott, Lindsey Scott. Well, I can't believe it. 92 yards and Lindsay really got in a foot race. I broke my chair. I came right through a chair a metal steel chair with about a five-inch cushion. I broke it. The booth came apart. The stadium Well, the stadium fell down. Now they do have to renovate this thing. They'll have to rebuild it now. I, this, is, this is incredible. You know, this game has always been called the world's greatest cocktail party. Do you know what is gonna happen here tonight and up at St. Simons and Jekyll Island and all those places? Where all those dog people have got these condominiums for four days. Man, is there going to be some property destroyed tonight. 26 to 21. Dogs on top. We were gone. I gave up. You did too. We were out of it and gone. Miracle. They played the match.
0: They played the to match. And for the Halloween episode, we welcome back games. Harry, Harry Carey. Hey, back dog. It's
3: good to be back on your feet. Big- St. Patrick's Day Gala Celebration.
0: Welcome back. Wait, St. Patrick's Day is Halloween.
3: Oh, Halloween. Time for ghosts, spooks, and hates. (laughs) Yes. Well, speaking of Halloween, Dick Bunkus, another Chicago legend, just passed away here about three months ago two Mm -hmm. months ago or sometime his favorite horror movie is one called hush hush sweet charlotte (laughs) starring the incomparable betty davis his favorite part of the movie is when a head come rolling down the stairs as he put it (laughs) hey i bet they had to use a bunch of that bopping glow to clean up those stairs after (laughs) A hand
0: rolled down. It's spilling
3: out all over the place. I bet that was a mess.
0: <laughs> yes. Rest in peace, Dick Buckus. Yeah, dear friend of mine. Uh, hopes,
3: you I think I'll home. be seeing him soon, babe. had not seen him around, though. I don't know which way he went.
0: Yeah, one of y'all's in the wrong place. <laughs>
3: hey! I got another story. I always like to talk about the Cubs when I'm here. And I want to tell you something. Back in the late 80s, we had a pitcher named Jay Baller. Jay Baller. He was a relief pitcher. He was okay, but the Cubs traded him in 1990 to the Kansas City Royals. And he went over to the Royals and amassed a astronomical 15.43 ERA. Yet He still went around Kansas City, calling himself Jay Bowler. <laughs> That's a lot of nerve on that guy, don't you think?
0: That's a lot of nerve with a 15.43 ERA.
3: That's unbelievable. How you have you been doing that? You know, I don't know, since maybe the playoffs last year.
0: I don't even know what you just said. <laughs> Well, I want
3: to know how you have been. I haven't seen you since the playoffs last oh, year.
0: oh, yes. I've been doing great. Just out here hustling every day. I mean, dogs keep winning. We've got about 17 winning streaks going. But all that matters is this week. Moment yeah, by moment. Yeah, I don't think
3: they've lost since I joined the program.
0: I think you're correct. I think you are undefeated on the show. Another streak.
3: Well, I wish I could have brought that kind of luck to the Cubs, but it just didn't work out
0: during my tenure. Well, some teams can't be helped. Hey, I heard
3: uh, Michigan, one of your favorite teams for the Big Ten, has been caught up in a, somewhat of a cheating scandal.
0: Is this, is this true? To say it's somewhat of a cheating scandal would be the understatement of the year. Well,
3: I heard the guy they sent around the country to cheat on people's name was Connor Stallion.
0: That's right. Can you believe Honestly, that? Yeah, that, that sounds like a porn name.
3: Where'd they find this guy? Van Nuys, California on one of those nasty movie sets? <laughs> I say if they get caught and it was proven that Harbaugh has been using all this information, maybe they did to send him out to Tehran, Iran for a... Weeks of vacation, you know, they're the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism <laughs> around the world. He might need to go there, get his mind straight, stop cheating.
0: Well, he's been terrorizing the Big Ten with all of his cheating tactics.
3: Yeah, maybe Ohio State wasn't so untough after all. Maybe it was just best he could do what was coming.
0: Well, it's funny how he could never beat Ohio State until he started cheating.
3: He didn't do too good of a job cheating against the Dawgs at the Yards Bowl back a couple of years ago. He
0: couldn't get over
3: that stalwart TCU team last year either.
0: Yeah, cheating doesn't work against Kirby, or it doesn't work when you have eight turnovers. Yeah,
3: that presents a problem.
0: Yes, it does. Well, hey, how
3: about Ryan Day? I know he's one of your favorites.
0: Well, he's on suicide watch right now, knowing that he got beat because Harbaugh was cheating the last two years.
3: Yeah, he may have spilled that bottle of just forbid beards when he heard about all this,
0: thinking, <laughs> I should have beaten him the last two years. Exactly. That's what, that's what gave him all those gray hairs he had to cover up.
3: Somebody told me that up in Columbus after they beat over Penn State last week, that Ryan Dean got a little loop and started calling out Lawrence Welk and Dick Van Dyke. What? Why what? is he calling out old men after all his big victories?
0: I have no idea. I was hoping you could tell me.
3: What's up with that? Maybe he wants a piece of old hair. Uh,
0: you should give him
3: one. Maybe he should dial up a tougher individual. I, I'll pick one. Uh, how about Javon Buller?
0: Uh, he doesn't want any part of that, I can assure backwards, you.
3: backwards, that's no Vazdrella.
0: <laughs> good to know. Very good to know.
3: Right out of know first hand, when he, his favorite receiver, Maserati Barf, needed a tune-up after he met Javide on New Year's Eve shortly before the clock struck 12.
0: That manufactured nickname was offensive. Fox should be sanctioned for that. That was just absurd.
3: Yeah, that Gus Johnson takes many creative liberties.
0: Uh, I mean, he just wanted some alliteration—two words that started with M. I mean, he could have come up with something. What about Marvin the Missile? I mean, it's just terrible.
3: Yes, he's—he's—he's—he's he's 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 quite a wordsmith. That Gus Johnson. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't think that one's going to stick. Hey,
3: if you'll give me one moment, I'm sorry, bad dog. I got a little technical difficulties. I need to plug in a wire real quick.
0: Yes, please do. Sorry, old
3: Harry's kind of lost. He's old. Doesn't know how these things work.
0: He's not old. He's dead. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on now. It's Harry Carrie, chaos. The screen. I hope is... you have
3: a good editor.
0: I don't know that we do, but. We'll try and work some studio magic for whatever it is that is happening right now. It's very choppy. There's <laughs> there's nudity. <new-do-do>. Oh,
3: God. <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> I can't charge this phone. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Sorry. Sure. Harry, me. is that
0: you? Harry? Harry, I'm losing you. Hey, I'm back.
3: My glasses fell off. (laughs) This has been quite a crazy Halloween episode, I'll have to say. One of my most (laughs) memorable or infamous or
0: crappy. I don't know
3: what you're going to call it. I apologize for all the technical disasters I've had. I've had quite a few.
0: Your screen keeps freezing. All right, Harry, I'm bringing in Dogger. Can I? Okay, so it sounds like a good Dogger.
5: idea. Dogger's here, but I can't stop laughing. Dogger, help us. Help yeah, us. no kidding. I, I, I know it's Halloween, but good grief, I didn't expect to see a ghost or a Whatever in the world you want to call Harry coming back from the dead, at, uh, he's having some issues dealing with the current technology. Uh,
0: and the frozen frames we get of him are just priceless.
5: They really are. I, I hope there's some freeze frames of that that uh, that we can have for future reference. Oh,
0: we got them. <laughs> oh, we got them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my yeah, God.
5: That is good stuff. Ah. The back room's working hard.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's pick some games. Where yeah, are we games? All right. Uh,
5: all right. So let me pull this up. I was laughing too hard about uh, about Harry. Um, so last week, I, uh, I'm i going to do a little trick or treat here. I went 0-6. So I, I, I debated even talking <laughs> about that. Somebody somebody uh, stole my picks. Wow. Yeah. How about that? Um so we're going to move forward, and I'll give an update next week. Whoa, whoa, the, whoa, uh, whoa,
0: whoa! What about me? <laughs> yeah, <Terry. laughs>
5: no, David or uh, uh, Mad Dog or whatever you want to call yourself tonight in your costume. I'm the hustle. Uh, you have uh, you have the lead. Let me go back to that. I was trying to avoid it. The uh, you have the lead at uh, <laughs> nine five and two. Yes. Buffalo is in second at eight, six, and two. And then I am at uh, four, 12, and two. No, four, right. excuse me, four, 11, and two.
0: Let's bring in the stat freak to tell us what the loser is going to have to do.
5: Uh, mm-hmm. uh, let me first tell you. Uh, you're supposed to, say, what do I have on tonight?
0: Yes, what, yeah, I forgot, what do you got on yeah, tonight? Yeah,
5: so the reason, I mean, everybody wonders, the reason I'm not sitting here incognito is they think I'm worried about my voice or, or uh, my face being shown because I'm giving gambling odds, which obviously I can't do very well. So it's honestly is because I've been in my birthday suit every, since I've been oh, doing this since last year.
0: wow. Yeah, and I
5: know people don't, they don't want to see that. I know Harry Carey doesn't want to see it,
0: cool. so... You know, the, so, dog,
3: the dogger sounds like Connor Stallion. <laughs>
2: that's nasty.
0: Picking games in the nude, in the buff. That's right. That's right. It
5: didn't work out I'm last gone. year. So I put on a uh, put on a little uh, kind of bikini type thing. Put on some panties this week to try to change my luck.
0: A leopard skin thong is how I'm doing <laughs> right now. <laughs> leopard skin thong. All right, Bert, what does the loser have to do just to add some spice and pressure?
6: Yeah, so we bounced around a few ideas over the course of the week, and um, you guys shot down one of mine because you figured out some loopholes to it. <laughs> and so I, I figured out another one. This is kind of a two-parter, and we'll ask Harry about the second part because I don't know if this is sufficient punishment or not. But I discovered in the course of my son, who, my middle son is – taking SAT, um, he's taking the SAT prep course right now. He's a senior. And I discovered that anybody who wants to can take the SAT. All you got to do is just sign up and show up and take it. And so I'm thinking that the loser has to sign up and take the SAT, and we've got to peg a minimum score that that loser has to make. Oh, my God. I mean, what, what is where Where are we at, as far as intelligence right now would would eight hundred be too high?
0: It could possibly be too high because we're all way way out of practice for test taking
6: Don't you take don't you get a
5: four hundred for signing your name?
0: Yeah,
6: yeah, we need to find out the minimum <laughs> score that that a college player can play college football at. And that needs to be the score that you have to get to get out of there. I would bet money
0: that out of the four of us, zero out of four would be able to get into Georgia today with whatever that SAT score would be.
6: Oh, There's no doubt. No doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah, None of us are getting Uh,
0: it. How about, how about uh, we would have, uh, is there another option? (laughs)
6: <laughs> well, way back in the day, we used to have this charity golf tournament um, that Alex Smith um, used to organize, and um, we, uh, it, it wasn't a punishment, it was actually a reward, but we used to go to um, this place called The Cave, and Harry, you remember that cave? I've heard a lot of talk about that.
5: I've been to the cave. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah.
6: So punishment. <laughs> the other punishment would be if you didn't pass the SAT. I was thinking you had to spend the night in the cave. I
3: think I'll take the SAT. <laughs> if I, was in
5: that one.
0: I think I think I might prefer the uh, the first punishment that was meted out as a as a theory, which is you have to. Whenever urinating in in a public uh, bathroom, you have to do it like you're four years old and drop your pants down to your ankles,
6: all the way to your ankles. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: I think you would need a bodyguard to make sure that you were not assaulted, either. Physically yeah, or you gotta watch out from
6: behind, and yeah, and y'all figured out the loophole, which is you know if we required you to do that every time you're at a public urinal, then you're just gonna go to the stall and that kind of that messed up that one, but that would be great because we could like, say for, if you were down at the Florida game, we could have people like enough people watch the show to make sure when you went into that urinal that you were doing what you were supposed to
0: The be. honor system.
6: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, maybe, maybe they would have to do it at the natty in Houston.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There'd be a lot of people that see that. there. A lot of cowboys but,
0: wouldn't like that.
5: I think uh, whoever comes last has to wear what what uh, Mad Dog has on tonight. Wear it to the whatever, maybe the, nat- the Natty or some uh, some game in Athens or maybe Georgia, Florida next week. Wear that outfit uh, throughout the weekend.
0: Mm, no, because we in this outfit's fun.
5: <laughs>
0: it's it, that's not a punishment. That's a reward.
5: That is true. Very true.
0: Yes. All right, let's pick some games and find out who's All going right, to
5: right, let's do it.
6: Are we throwing Bert in on these?
0: Bert? We'll see Bert's coming in in the middle. So how are
6: we going to do that? Yeah. Well, we could do it by percentage. Dogger, I just calculated you're at 23.5% winning.
5: <laughs> and, I, and I'm supposed to be the gambling guru on this thing.
6: <laughs> what is
2: happening? Yeah. Yeah. What <laughs> is the, the uh, I mean, there are a couple
5: of those. The lines moved, so one of them pushed the LSU and uh, and um, no, the old Miss Auburn ended up pushing, and then I end up winning another one. So this is too early in the week for me to do all my research.
0: Oh, uh, um, well, sounds yeah. Good. It's, it's all
5: the same research you are it's, picking all the yeah, same it's, games. It's an, it's just an excuse. I'm, I'm not an excuse person. Um, so I'm doing terrible, Bert. Let's uh, let's change it up this week. I did change my uh, my top. So this week we have uh, Oklahoma versus Kansas. Oklahoma at Kansas is minus ten, and it's uh, it's Mad Dog's pick.
0: What's Kansas's record?
5: Oh goodness. Uh did have that up a <laughs> I minute mean ago. Hold on one second.
6: I think they're ranked. I think they're in the top twenty five. It's like a
0: spelling bee. Can you give use it in a sentence? What is their rank? Uh give me the etymology. Uh we're like five and two, aren't they?
5: Of it. Hold on one second. Yeah, they were they were ranked. I'm not sure if they were ranked after last week. Yeah, uh, maybe they are they lost. they're five and two and they are not ranked.
0: Okay. mm Ten points at Kansas. What time's the kickoff? Twelve o'clock. Uh, I'm going Sooners to win and cover.
5: All uh, right, we're going to stop doing that <coughs> to uh, just the straight win. We're not tracking that just because it doesn't really make sense for the money line thing. Okay, so we're just so we're, seeing, just, we're, just, we're just doing cover.
0: Okay, Sooners cover. Okay. Harry
5: and Bobber Buffalo. Yeah, Harry, sorry.
3: Hey, I used to be friends with Ronald Raging back in the day. (laughs) He got me an audition in the first set of the play Oklahoma before it went on Broadway. And I tried out for it, but they said I was a little too portly, but I'm going to (laughs) still stick with the suitors.
5: That is so good. I'm going uh, Kansas on that one.
6: Yeah. If I get to pick, I'm going with Kansas. Yeah, that's
5: too. I have you listed here in a in your own column there, Bert. So uh okay. yeah, you have Kansas. And then we'll, we'll figure out a, we'll, <laughs> we'll figure out the uh, percentages, Bert, as far as going forward. All right. Uh next one is at 12 o'clock also, AM versus South Carolina. A M is minus 14.
0: Mm. I'm going with the Cox to cover.
5: Got it, Mr. Uh, Harry Carey.
3: Well, I've always appreciated how <laughs> Texas AM has given half their tickets to each home game to local Boy Scouts and Weeblos. You can see them with their uniforms up <laughs> in the stands. And I thought that's a, quite a gesture. My Texas hand, even even though that buddy grubbing Jimbo Fisher probably hates it, so I'm going to take the Aggies, even though they have Lassie as their mascot. That doesn't give me a whole lot of fear is- running from some sissy collie, but I'll take the Aggies to cover.
5: Uh, I don't, I'm not a fan of either team. South Carolina got their ass kicked last week, but uh, I'm going to go with the Aggies as well. <clears throat>
6: Yeah, South Carolina's sliding into oblivion right now. I'm taking the Aggies, too.
5: A Charleston guy, that's – yeah, you you know better than us. Yeah,
6: that's a homer pick.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next one, I think this should be a pretty good game. At 3.30, Louisville versus Duke. And Louisville is minus four. Mm. Where is that at? It's at Louisville.
0: Louisville to cover.
3: I'm going to take the Cardinals myself. <laughs> I, I'm
5: liking what Duke's been doing. I'm going to go with Duke. Uh,
3: I'm right there with you,
5: Duke. Woo, Bert, you're uh, you're not following the right path. No, you're not following the right path. <laughs> I
6: figure this 23.5% has got to turn
0: right. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I like that.
5: <laughs> the odds, yeah, if you're a, a statistician, it's got to change it sometime. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, so we have two Louisville's, two Dukes. The next one is the big one. I should have saved this to last, but I'm doing it by time. Um, We have 330, the uh, world's largest cocktail party, Georgia, Florida, 14 and a half. It did move to 14 and a half from 14.
0: Oh, man, this is a tough one. This is so freaking tough. I got to say dog's cover.
5: Harry, what you, Harry, have you ever been to Joy? I mean, to, to the
3: cocktail party before. Are you kidding me, Dogger? The world's largest cocktail party. I mean, being all those Budweiser trucks. Sure, I have. It was way before you were born. Remember, I started calling games in 1946 in St. Louis. So I've been around, Buster. Now, as far as my pick goes. The first time Georgia quarterback started against Florida, their record is what and died straight up. This is Carson Beck's first time, and it's for that reason that I'm going to pick Georgia to cover the fourteen. A contrarian, I'm a no
5: contrarian. Gun.
3: I love a contrarian. Yeah. That's
5: that's awesome. I hate to do it. I I said on the first uh, episode this week of the Mad Dog show that I hate picking on Georgia, Florida, because typically I'll always pick on the dogs, my my favorite team in the world. But I just uh, I do think that we are going to shut them down. It's going to be a very low scoring game. I do like the under 47. I just uh, I think Florida, neither offense really scores a lot of points. So I'm going to take Florida plus the uh, 14 and a half.
6: All right. Call. There's no way I can pick Florida. I, um, <laughs> I will take the dogs.
5: I, I hated doing it, but yeah. When I'm when I went 0 and six last weekend I have to try to do something different.
6: Yeah. yeah.
5: Uh, uh <laughs> and then the next one is uh Oregon and Utah at three thirty also. So Oregon is at Utah and Oregon is minus six and a half.
3: Oregon. Well, I'm going to take the Utes at home. <laughs> Even though I wear, and I believe, a tie fashion by Jerry Garcia. <laughs> when all those Oregon hippies like stuff like this, but I'm going with the Utes. They're tough, at the, they're tough in their den. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Utes
5: as well. Harry, I do. They've uh, they start out with a lot of injuries. They have one loss, but they've been playing tough. It's another under that I like. Um, but uh yeah, I'm going to go the Utes as well.
6: All right, I think Oregon is a playoff contender. I'm going to take Oregon. Yeah, they
5: they're looking that way. Bo
0: Nix looking good. Um If Lanning can get out of the way with his dumb decisions,
5: mm-hmm. that's right. All right, the final one for the evening game is SEC game, Tennessee versus Kentucky at Kentucky, and Tennessee is minus three
0: and a half. Kentucky. That was like it's
3: like Hatfield and McCoy, Tennessee <laughs> and Kentucky, fighting over Bourbon versus Bestie, Jack Daniels versus Pappy Van Winkle. But in this contest, I'm going to go with old Davy Crockett, Boone. <laughs> Whatever it is, I'll go with the Vols.
5: <laughs> Who won the Hatfields versus McCoys? Is that, did anybody ever win that thing?
3: I don't know. I think that was a skirmish between Missouri and somebody. Hell, I don't. Maybe Kentucky. I'm not sure.
5: They're
0: still fighting.
5: They are still fighting.
0: <laughs> they all died.
5: <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be some kin way on down the line. Yeah. All right, I'm going to get Kentucky's also.
2: Dar, what'd you say the line on that uh, one else? That
5: is three and a half. Tennessee is minus three and a half at Kentucky.
6: Mm, okay. I'm going to take Tennessee in
5: that one. Do it, Bert. The balls. That was another, another bet if the loser had to dress up as Philip Fulmer at the uh, Tennessee game next year.
6: Mm-hmm. Uh,
5: or at his
6: absolute heaviest. <laughs> like, when right. <laughs> You'd
3: have to start training this year early to go to CC's Pizza <laughs> and wash it down with a 12-pack of Budweiser.
5: <laughs> and that is it. There, uh, there are no other side bets other than the Georgia uh, total, but uh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I think Brock Bowers is out of the Heisman.
0: You know, I think I'm going to print out Bowers for Heisman shirts anyway. Because I think you should. Because he's injured doesn't mean he's not the best player in college football. No mm-hmm. doubt about it. So, uh, yeah, I think people will like those anyway. He's going to be the people's Heisman, that's for sure.
5: So, what did you say uh, earlier that you're doing? You're going to uh, going to Savannah on Friday and then flying – Coming
0: home no. and then coming back? No, I, I thought about that, but that's just 53 year old me is saying no. 43 year old me would have said yes. So that going down for the game in one day, I mean, it would miracles do happen. I'm not ruling it out 100%, but I'm 99% out.
5: I hear you. I, uh, sorry to pull it off that. Bob or Harry, go back.
0: Yeah, Harry, do you have any –
3: Hey, I'm just looking at the camera and noticing that I'm looking a little bit like Phil Donahue up here.
0: <laughs> you are. <laughs> a disheveled, drunken Phil Donahue.
3: <laughs> Maybe they to go see the wig
0: maker. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> All right, Harry, do you have any parting words for us before we get to some stats?
3: Go dogs. Drink plenty of Budweiser's while you're down in
6: Jacksonville. <laughs> would go Hopefully, too.
3: next year Cogs win. <laughs> Cogs win. The Cogs win. <laughs> Thanks to Leon the Bowl, Durham. He doesn't play anymore, but <laughs> I just like to say that.
0: <laughs> All right. We'll go see dogs. You right here, Harry. I hope
3: you invite me back after all this trouble this year. I might be replaced by some little Granny Clampett looking Lou Holtz fella, (laughs) man. You
6: never know. Hush, hush, sweet Charlotte. (laughs) Use a lot of
3: mopping glow to clean up the studio after that one.
0: (laughs) All right. That was a heck of
3: a product back in 1973, mopping glow. All the Housewives used it. <laughs> okay, so y'all. All
6: right, bye. All right, Harry.
0: Oh, my <laughs> Lord.
6: <laughs> I can't believe that Ryan Day was calling out Lawrence Welk. I mean, good grief. That is – he, was he just, is stretching he out. Was he was just
0: out of his mind when he realized that, that our ball <laughs> had been beating <laughs> him by
6: cheating. Yeah. Who who else? Jerry Van Dyke or Dick Van Batten? I mean, it
0: was, it was just, it was all (laughs) over the place. It was, it was Harry Carey's stream of consciousness. It was hard to keep up.
6: It was. He was on a roll. If he could just solve all those technical difficulties.
0: (laughs) It almost made it better.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Harry fumbling with technology is a a show among itself.
0: Exactly.
6: Yeah.
0: Oh my God! All
6: right, before we get to some stats, I've got um, a couple of things I wanted to point out. The did you watch Kirby's press conference? I guess it was on Monday or Tuesday this week. I
0: watched. I think I saw the twenty-minute version. Yes, the whole thing.
6: Yeah. Okay. So you know how we talk about how he's got a lot of respect for right for on yeah. uh-huh. that. So the other the, the unique thing about the Georgia Florida press conference is they always try to bait him into saying something about moving the game. You know, like they're always asking him about Jacksonville and like, you know, he, and he, he did a really good deflection this year. And I wanted, I I jotted down his quote and I just wanted to read it. He said, I've got a tremendous amount of respect for the city of Jacksonville, (laughs) citizens of Jacksonville and the St. John's river. You may know it as one of the few rivers in North America that flows north. That's a difficult thing to do. Not a lot of rivers do it, and it shows you the strength and resiliency of the St. John's River. <laughs> I just have a tremendous amount of respect for that river. <laughs> and he started rambling about how it only dropped 30 feet, and it was actually a really slow river, but it was tough.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. He's the master of that.
6: Master of deflection and uh, tremendous amount of respect. So, um, all right, let's jump to our favorite stat of the week, which is SEC net yards per play. And um, this is gonna kind of paint a picture of the games we got coming up this weekend, um, specifically our game because it really is intriguing this um, this delta between our net yards per play. And Florida. So right now we're at one, 2.74. Um, LSU has, with that um, game against Army, which they just completely demolished them, they uh, moved up to 2.0. So now there's two teams above two. Um, Ole Miss is at three at 1.69, Tennessee at four, 1.53, Missouri at five, 1.46, and then Bama all the way back at six at 1.33. And, I mean, I cannot remember the last time Bama had a lower net yards per play than they do right now. They're going to lose a game soon if they keep messing around with only gaining a yard and a quarter over the other team. And it really felt like that was going to be the case on Saturday at the end of the first half.
0: Well, I mean, based on this, it says they're going to lose this weekend.
6: Yeah, yeah. Well, um, they, they, they've got LSU next weekend, right? No. Isn't that next No, weekend.
0: that's this weekend. Oh, is that this weekend? Am I crazy? I thought it was this weekend.
6: Yeah, I thought it was next no, no, weekend. No, 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 I no.
0: You're right. No. You're right. You're right. You're right.
6: Yeah, because I was thinking next weekend we've got um, – I mean, if we beat Florida on Saturday, then really next weekend is going to be the de facto playoff on both sides west and east to get into um, the SEC championship. That's correct. Because it's gonna we're 330. CBS picked up that, you know, that slot where they get the 330 and the eight mm-hmm. o'clock. So we're three thirty and then LSU Bama is at eight. Um Alabama's off this week. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So they got two weeks to get ready for LSU. But Yeah, I mean, if you look at that net yards per play, LSU's at two and Bama's at 1.3. So, um,
0: okay. So, considering the fact that Michigan has the easiest schedule in the country
6: mm -hmm. and that they have
0: clearly cheated against everybody they played this year, shouldn't their number be just jacked through the roof? I mean, for it to only be 2.69 to me is just, I mean, based on what they've been doing, it should be four.
6: Yeah. I mean, it could be higher. I mean, you combine cheating with playing a week schedule and uh, yeah, your expectations for that should be higher. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we'll look at that in just a second. The, the national one just finishing up the SEC. So Texas A&M's at 1.3 Kentucky's at 1.26 Florida is all the way at 0.46. So that net yard per play differential between Georgia and Florida, we're at 2.74, and Florida's at .46.
0: I mean, that gives me great comfort.
6: It does, yeah. And, you know, if you look at Florida's defense, which we thought was pretty strong at the start of the season, they're mm-hmm. allowing almost six yards per play on defense. And um, so I'm thinking we're going to be able to toss the ball around a little bit on Saturday. Yeah. I think so. That's your hope. Um, Back of the pack, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Vandy, Auburn, and Arkansas, they're all negative now. Auburn's offense, um, well, actually Arkansas has a worse offense than Auburn, um, surprisingly. But both of those two teams are just in the doldrums right
0: now. Yeah, poor Arkansas. Didn't they just can their offensive coordinator?
6: They did. Yeah. Enos, um, he's gone. And I mean, how are they going to fix that at this point in the season? They they can't block KJ Jefferson's just out on an island trying to do it all himself. Poor guy. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, All right. So I put together another spreadsheet that you, you wanted to see the national numbers. So I put together the national numbers for this week and I added a few more things to it because uh, one of the things that we discussed in the off season was this uh, talent composite index. And that is basically ranking the teams based upon the talent that's on that team. And it gets a little tricky now because, you know, you got so many transfers and, and um, you know, players that are moving around between teams that it's not just purely stars coming out of high school, but, They have so many – they have a star rating on all the transfers, and so they incorporate that in now too. So um, what I did is I just organized it by top 10, um, and then we looked at the net yards per play on national and then the talent composite index and the talent rank. And so um, ranking-wise, we're at number one, obviously, 2.74 yards per play. Uh, Michigan's actually below us, 2.69. Ohio State's at 2.66. Florida State is all the way down at 1.63. They're ranked fourth, but their net yards per play tells me that if they play anybody decent from here on out, that they could lose to somebody. Uh Um, I don't know who they're going to play that's decent. They still have Miami maybe. Um, and then ACC championship. I don't know what Florida State's schedule looks like. Um, Washington's at two point nine, which is, I mean, that's going to be hard for them to hold it there. If they do, they're definitely in the playoffs. Oklahoma, which ranked six, is at one point four. Another team that, if they play anybody decent, they're going to um, they're going to lose. Um, so maybe that's in the Big Big Twelve championship. Texas is at 1.5. Oregon's all the way up at 3.08. And that was the reason that I was thinking, you know, picking Oregon in that Oregon-Utah game, is their net yards per play is over three, which is, I mean, that is championship caliber right there. Um, Alabama at number nine. Alabama is the lowest, has the lowest net yards per play of any team in the top ten. Um, and then Penn State at 1.6. So um, if you look at the column just to the right of that, I added just for perspective Bill Connolly's SB Plus that we've talked about a little bit. And this basically it incorporates that net yards per play, but he also takes into account the talent composite index and um, offensive and defensive efficiency Um, which kind of plays in the net yards per play. Um, If you look at his SP plus, he's got Michigan ranked one at 28.7, and we're at two at 24, Ohio State three at 22, Um, let's say, excuse me, Alabama's three, all the way to 22.8, Ohio State is four, and then um, we've got Let's see, looks like Oregon number five. Um, and so what we have talked about in the past is you take this SP plus index and you can pretty much set the line based upon the difference between the two, especially at a neutral field. So, for example, if you look at Georgia, we're at 24, and Florida is at 9.2. What did Daughter say the line on the game was? 14 and a half. 14 and a half. There you go. So, you know, sometimes it will deviate. Um, you rarely see it deviate more than five or six points from this Delta between the two SP plus numbers, but a lot of times it's right on it. And I think when Vegas sets their lines, they kind of start right here and the line may move, you know, based upon the money that comes in, but um, you know, the, where they, where they initially position the bet is usually based on that delta in SP plus. Mm-hmm.
4: <clears throat>
6: um, so if we look down, these we, I was kind of looking ahead at the teams that we're going to be playing down the stretch. Yep, I saw that. Looks like yeah. So Florida's all the way down at nine point two on the SP plus. Their net yards per play is 0.47. So everything about that tells me that we really should win this game in comfortable fashion. Um, and I think really, you know, if you look at the games we struggled this year, it's just because we started out slow. And if we don't start out slow in Jacksonville and the banks of the glorious St. John's River on Saturday, then um, we, we should beat up on these guys pretty good and cover that spread. Um, Missouri's up next. Their SP plus is 149 Um, So, you know, we get that home field advantage of about three. So um, that line there I would suspect would be around 13 or 14 points on that game. Right. Um, Ole Miss is at 13.8, so a little bit lower than Missouri. Same thing. Line should be around 13 or 14 for that one. And then Tennessee is the highest that we play. Uh, fifteen point three, and it's there. So you know, you add three to that, and it, it looks like that line for the for the game in Knoxville would be around six or seven. Points. Right. Yeah, and then looking ahead, I mean, I really think LSU. It is LSU's to take in the West with the way they're playing. Their offense is just a ridiculous machine um, right now. If you look at offensive yards per play they're at 8.09. Joe Burrow 2019 Heisman year LSU's offense was 7.89 so they're higher than that right. Wow. Now. Yeah. Um is that sustainable? I don't know. They've got a tough stretch of games to finish out the season. They've got Bama, well, they've got Bama, Florida and Texas A&M with Georgia State um, mixed in there. So, you know, if they beat Bama, they should d- definitely beat Florida and Baton Rouge. And then they've got Texas A&M at home in Baton Rouge as well. So um, I think it's theirs for the take. And if they can figure out any kind of defense um, and we make it to the SEC championship, we're going to have our hands full with them.
0: Without a doubt. I mean, it's almost like if you look at that, would you rather play Bama?
6: Yeah. I mean, that next weekend, if we get by Missouri, then, you know, I I think that we're in really good shape because I can't see us losing both games to Ole Miss and Tennessee. And um, I would much rather face Jalen Milrow than Jaden Daniels for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, and the chance to, to beat Bama. Again, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe, you know, put an exclamation point on things with them.
6: Yeah. You know, the scary thing about 2021 is we came into that SEC championship game um, like almost a whole yard per play higher than Bama, and they beat us in that game. I mean, we had a terrible game, but anything can happen in that stadium. So.
0: Well, they had much better receivers then and Stetson had a bad day, so I think that accounted yeah. for most of it. Um it'd be so yeah. it'd be so interesting if we got to that game to play them with them being the last game that we had lost 2 years ago.
6: Exactly. Yeah. And if Williams and Matchy hadn't gotten hurt, they would have won the national I championship. I know. I mean, I felt
0: bad yeah. for them that that happened because <laughs> they didn't have any other players.
6: Right, right. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. They they didn't have any depth and that's not their fault. And um, if they if their starters had been in they would have won. And, and you know, it's just like with us with Bowers. We're not going to sit here and complain about Bowers well, n- being out if if something happens to us. Well, I
0: mean and going back to that year where they had a couple injuries, we had a slew of injuries that we overcame. Yeah. And
6: yeah. That-
0: yeah, let me let me. We did. Let's let's um, start at the receiver position with George Pickens.
6: Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, he was out pretty much the whole year, right? Yeah,
0: I mean, he. I don't even yeah. think he played in that game. In the SEC yeah. championship, I don't think he played.
6: Yeah, right. Yeah, he, he was I at fifty percent. Yeah, one of the things Kirby said in his press conference that was really encouraging is. It's sounding like the Missouri game, not this weekend, but the Missouri game, we're going to have pretty much everybody back, including your boy Tarion Ingram-Dawkins. Wait a minute.
0: Where did you hear that? Where did you hear that?
6: He said that he is practicing, he's coming along, and um, that it sounds like Mims, Truss, Dawkins should all be back for Missouri. Okay,
0: I listened to a different press conference than you. Maybe I listened to Tuesday – because I didn't hear that about Ingram Dawkins because that would have stuck out.
6: Yeah, that, that that's what I heard. Um, no, I, I think I read that from one of the – it may have been on Dog Central where uh, Graham Coffey was doing his injury update and um, he was going through the players. And I think he listed da- Ingram Dawkins as should be back for Missouri. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, did, or did you got Schnetzer on the show this week. Did you ask him about that? I got that? Snetzer,
0: Uh We did not talk about Dawkins. He put on a, a TED Talk about um, the tightrope procedure, yeah. brought in uh, visual aids, and I put him on the spot on Bowers. He deferred to a conservative stance by saying, okay, he should be backed by Tech, but why would you want to play him? It's possible he would be back by Tennessee, although he didn't think he'd be full strength, and he doesn't think Ole Miss really at all.
6: Yeah, huh. Well, so, you know, they gave him four to six weeks, and it seems like what, Tech, would be six weeks, right, or seven weeks? Yeah,
0: Ole Miss would be four weeks. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's, okay, four weeks, then you're ready to practice again or four weeks yeah. are ready to go. I mean, Ole Miss game, it's his last game in Sanford Stadium. He's going to dress out.
6: Got to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, um, it, man, it sure would be nice to have him for the Tennessee game at least.
0: Yeah, it would. But yeah, it'd also be nice to beat them without him and have the luxury of him coming back fresh as a daisy for the SEC championship game.
6: Yeah, right. And a whole – Whole new batch of plays, just Brock Bowers specific of that. Oh
0: yeah, just a, a whole package.
6: <laughs> yeah, one of the things Graham Coffee said was, and um, if you watch Oscar Delp's um, high school highlights, he played more of kind of a hybrid tight end wide receiver. And so the plan is now we're going to move him kind of outside like we were doing with Bowers. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be more of his natural position, which was kind of that hybrid tight end wide receiver. And so, um, you know, maybe maybe Oscar kind of um, provides a spark with, you know, moving him out and then I guess we'll have – who is the other tight end? Lawson Lucky. Um, Lawson Lucky, yeah, that we'll move inside and have him as the blocking tight end. Well, then
0: you got Pierce Sperling too. You know, he's six right. seven and, you know, uh, you know, we both went to – Georgia with his parents, and they've told me Mm -hmm. that really in high school, his natural position was receiver.
6: Yeah, right. So
0: he's probably going to get in the mix some too.
6: Yeah, right. And it seems like that's how we're recruiting the tight end position is kind of that hybrid tight end slash wide receiver speed, good route running, can block, but, you know, not like that conventional tight end, slow tight end that we used to have.
0: And you know, Sperling's 6'7", they told me this offseason, they're going to try and put about 100 pounds on him and turn him into Darnell Washington. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm kidding,
6: I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> he go on that diet that you're going on to, to dress up like Phil Fulmer.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
6: All right. One thing, one other thing on that chart I wanted to look at was that talent composite and talent rank because this is kind of interesting. I mean, in every single metric, we're really near the top. We're we're number two in talent rank, only behind Alabama. And um, this is one of the things I figured out about Bill Connolly's SP Plus is he really factors in that talent rank in rank in in producing that SP plus number. So not only is he looking at like what's happening on the field and offensive and defensive efficiency, but he's looking at the talent you have on the team. And so you see Bama gets a huge jump in the SP plus because they have the most talented team in college football, according to the talent composite index. They're the only team over a thousand and they're ranked third in the SP+, even though they're ranked ninth in the AP poll. Um, Michigan, surprisingly, is all the way down at 14 in talent rank. Ohio State is three, Florida State is 20, and Washington is 26. Oklahoma, nine, Texas, six, Oregon, 10, and then Penn State, 13. Um, you know, so some of these teams, especially um, – Florida state and Washington, they're really doing it with, uh, you know, some talent, but not like a talented team across the board. It's kind of the way we were in the past where we'd have pockets of talent on the team, but you know, Kirby, I mean, Kirby more than anything else is a roster manager and we're going to have a talented team across the board each year.
0: Yeah. This is, um, this, this, Graph, not graph, but this spreadsheet that you have is just, uh, man, there's so much to digest in this and it's so good. Um, NPP, you know, the SP plus is still a little esoteric to me that kind of like, there's like, there's, feels like he's got some magic in there that I don't know about.
6: <laughs> no, um, yeah. The crazy algorithms, like the old BCS computer. Form, ex- right? Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, you know, talent composite makes sense. He's, he's putting in there, he's putting in there, yeah, stars, but he's also putting in the production of those stars. Is that right?
6: I think so. Yeah, I think that talent composite index takes stars out of high school. And then um, it looks at if you transferred, what was your talent rank um, in that transfer portal?
0: Well, I mean that's why yeah, that's so, why Alabama's higher because they've been you know recruiting running backs and quarterbacks and receivers
6: mm-hmm. in these marquee
0: positions because strangely yeah. enough they're not able to get them out of high school.
6: Yeah, and it's not the end all be all of whether you're going to be good or not because some of the most talented players are on on our team, Lad McConkey and Javon Bullard, were both three stars coming out of high school. So great point. Yeah. But overall, talent wins. You know, we're – as Kirby said, you know, it's it's about the players on the field. So,
0: can't out, we've got them. Can't out-coach talent is what he said, I think. You
6: can't. Yeah, you can't. And uh, Michigan, if we if we get to them, who knows if we will. Who knows if they'll even make it to the playoff with all that's going on. But we got a more talented team than they do. I don't
0: think they're going to make it. I think that this whole scandal is going to wreck them. I think that this is going to be how Ryan day gets his revenge. He's going to have them so jacked up telling them they got cheated on the last two years. Are you kidding me? The Only hmm. thing that could hold them back is their quarterback.
6: Yeah. Yeah. They, right. I, Cause Michigan has a better quarterback, but man, imagine the hype for this Michigan, Ohio state game. If this, Issues still unsettled when we get to that. Point. And you know it will be.
0: It, I mean, do you think that Big Ten and the NCAA are going to jump in and make a hard decision? No way.
6: And the, the other thing about it, though, is if they don't, and Michigan goes to the playoff, then somebody's not going because Michigan's there. And then if they turn around and say, "Oh, you know, Michigan is has to vacate everything," that's going to screw somebody over.
0: That's why the Big Ten has to stand up and say, based on what we've seen, we're suspending your eligibility to whatever, be in the Big Ten championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, We've got video evidence. We've got a paper trail. Uh, we've got eyewitnesses. We've got an electronic trail. What else yeah. do we need to see?
6: and it keeps piling on. It seems like every day there's more and more evidence that keeps piling on as they look into it further.
0: Have you seen the video that's gone viral? I think it was on Twitter, and it showed uh, uh, Michigan and Ohio State last year, and you can see, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Stroud's back there in a shotgun. You know, he does a hand clap to look over to the sidelines, and as he looks over to the sidelines, all the Michigan coaches are looking to the sidelines too. Mm -hmm. Stroud turns back to call the play. And the Michigan coaches are going bananas.
6: Six like, on the, yeah, this, is the, this play. is the play. We got yeah. it. We've cracked uh-huh. <laughs> Apparently, ironically, too, Ohio State threw a touchdown on that play. Really? Yes, they scored.
0: Well, I mean, if, <laughs> so it didn't help. If you're cheating that bad and you don't want a national championship, then just shame on you.
6: Right, Ben. And, and don't you think it's kind of a funny coincidence that? This, we we look back at like this pattern of cheating that they've done over the past two years, how it coincides with the rise of Michigan from the depths of mediocrity that they've been in. Oh,
0: absolutely. COVID year, they were two and four, and then they magically go 12 and two, and then the next year, they magically Mm -hmm. go 13 and one, and then this year, they're Mm -hmm. eight and oh. Yeah. I mean, they turned into world beaters overnight, and it happened to coincide
6: with the fact that they started cheating then. The great thing about it, though, is there was no amount of sign stealing they could do that could overcome the torrent of our 2021 defense against their offensive line. Like that, is, whenever I want to go back and watch our defense at its absolute peak, it is the Michigan Georgia Orange Bowl 2021.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was what? 34 11, and it was way worse than that.
6: Yeah. Yeah, I mean we we just ate their lunch. I mean, look at our D line, our linebackers then. I mean, they're all starting in the NFL now.
0: We had Trayvon Walker, Devontae Wyatt, Jordan Davis, and Jalen Carter on our defensive line. That's and Nolan Smith. Smith. Yeah, I mean that's
6: insane. It is. It is. It really is. Yeah. Nolan Smith at linebacker, N'Kobe Dean. Quay Walker, yep. Channing Tindall. Yep. I mean, man, I hope we can put together a package like that again. That was that was fun. We're not there right now, but we could get there. Yeah.
0: I mean, compared to that, we're overachieving with, with what we have now. I mean, now the strength is our back end, but it's not yeah. like the front slouches. It's just, they're just not as good as those guys because it's impossible to be as good as those guys.
6: I <laughs> mean, you know? Right. I mean, we got spoiled with that group. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, that, that guys like that don't come around very often. No, so. they don't, yeah. they no. sure don't. Um, all right, one, w- two other stats that I wanted to point out real quick. And, um, we are uh number one in the AP poll for the 19th week in a row, and that is third all time. I looked at number one and number two. Number one is uh Southern Cal 2020. 2020- 2003 to 2005, 33 weeks, but number two was Miami at 21 weeks in 2001 and 2002. So if we win three more games, then we're going to jump into number two all time. I know it doesn't matter that much and Kirby doesn't care, but it's kind of a cool stat that we're going to be number two all time and AP poll number one consecutive
0: I think it's a very cool stat. I love that stat, and I definitely want to move into at least number two.
6: Yeah. Um, the the other thing that I started thinking about was how little we've punted this year. <laughs> poor Thorson. Poor, yeah. poor guy. <laughs> right. But I was like, there's got to be a correlation between net yards per play and punting or lack of punting. And so see if you can guess the team that has punted the least this year.
0: I mean, it's going to be somebody that looks at analytics like a like a Lane Kiffin or or a Lanning or somebody that's just winning a lot like us.
6: Right? Which team gets the most net? Which team on our chart has the most highest offensive yards per play? Washington. LSU. Yeah, LSU.
0: Oh, offensive. Okay, I got you.
6: Yeah. So yeah, Washington and LSU are tied. So LSU's only punted fifteen times this year. We are in third with 17 punts. Um, and I wonder if you can guess who's in last play. Who has punted the most this year? Who, who have they talked about that has the absolute worst offense in college football? They've got a good defense, but they've got a terrible offense. They're in the Big Ten.
0: Oh, uh, Iowa.
6: Iowa. You got it. They have punted more than any other team this year. How many? I don't know. It it was some astronomical number, 56. They average like eight punts a game.
0: Their uh, OC is not going to make it. He's not going to hit the 25-point average.
6: No, and isn't isn't there some kind of nepotism involved? Isn't that like the coach's son? it's the coach's
0: son. And then they put in, they said, you got to have 25 points a game or you're gone. And, I mean, I don't even think he's cracked 20.
6: How long would Kirby let Andrew Smart coach our offense if we were in last place in in offensive yards per play? I
0: don't even know that he'd put him in that position to begin with. I don't
6: think he would either. Yeah, and Andrew's got a ways to go. I mean, he's only, what, like 12 years old? He's
0: living a good life, man, down there on the sidelines with all those guys.
6: I mean, just living a kid's dream.
0: Oh my and, gosh! I mean, it's i am happy for him that he's getting to experience that because you know what—he should with all—he should with all that Kirby, Kirby sacrifices. I mean, his kid should be able to do anything within reason on that sideline.
6: And I love it because Andrew clearly lives and dies Georgia football, and so I know Kirby on at least Andrew's behalf. Is putting in all the effort he can to make sure that we're all happy because he needs Andrew happy.
0: Yeah, did you hear that? I'm sure you did. Last year, when uh, after they, he won uh, number two, that Andrew came in there and he was crying, and he was like, well, "What's wrong?" And he was like, "It's over. Stetson's gone." <laughs> He's like, no, I'm <laughs>
6: "Crying, you're ruining my moment." <laughs> right, exactly. We just won the national championship. <laughs> There'll be other players that'll come along too, no, you know. I just took a- as soon as I get sad about one leaving, there's another one that comes in that fills the spot. Yeah. Andrew,
0: trust me, I just turned a walk-on into a two time national champion. I got this.
6: Right. Yeah. I can do it yeah, again. Think what I
0: can do with a five star.
6: <laughs> well yeah, we'll see next year, right? That's right. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, that's it. That's all the stats we got for this one. So On to the glorious St. John's River, and uh, let's take care of business and bring it on back home. I'm
0: going to go down there and make sure it happens.
6: Good. Do it. Yep. Pull us through. Sounds good. All right.
0: right. Go, dogs.
6: Go, dogs.
0: So I am thrilled to welcome back the star of the award winning podcast any given Saturday, and that is Cassidy Pearson. What's up?
1: (laughs) What's up? How about them dogs?
0: How about them dogs? I'm feeling a little bit nervous. How about you?
1: Yeah, I'm not super comfortable with Georgia-Florida upcoming. So, <sighs> we'll see. Yeah. It, it's, we've got a tough stretch up ahead, and this is the start of it. So,
0: Yeah, I mean, I look back at Florida's losses, Utah. You know, everybody said they looked so bad. And even though they did look so bad, there were just a couple of plays away from winning that. And then the, the head-scratcher game that they really laid an egg in was Kentucky. So that game gives me some comfort other than if you shut down Kentucky's run game in that game, who knows? Make me feel better. Can you make me feel better?
1: <laughs> it's hard. I mean, I think a lot of people are looking straight to that Kentucky. Terrible loss and kind of running with that and just continuing to say that Florida's not good. But Florida played really well against South Carolina Uh two weeks ago and Graham Mertz has been consistent all year long and we're going to have to really stop him. I think, um, he really hasn't had that bad of a game yet. So I don't know. I think, I think the Kentucky's kind of more of an outlier at first. I thought the Tennessee win was the outlier, but now I think the loss is the outlier.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And then I think I maybe shot you this stat or you shot it to me of, uh, SEC quarterback, third down efficiency, and at the top of the list was Graham Mertz, who is like throwing some unbelievable like 73.5% completion percentage on third downs, which is un- almost unheard of.
1: Yeah, and in total completion percentage, he's near the top too. So uh, definitely probably an underrated quarterback, that not many people are talking about.
0: Yeah, and as we know, anything can happen in this game. Are you going? I'm not. Now that just makes me more nervous. I mean, why are you not going to be there?
1: I know I've I've been twice. Both times I went were wins. Um, I think I know a couple people going, but uh, I don't know. I just think back to to a couple year uh, games in years past where the team that wasn't supposed to win won, and I believe that the past eight meetings between Georgia and Florida have decided the SEC East. So. A lot of people are talking about Missouri still being in this, but for all we know, this could determine the east. So uh, it's definitely a little bit scary.
0: Now you're getting into my worries for next week, which is Missouri having a bye week.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My heart is racing thinking about Missouri. I mean, I just, uh, our schedule is so much tougher than it originally looked like. Missouri's played so well. Their lone loss being against LSU, and they really, they should have won that game. So uh, we're looking at a Missouri team that probably should be undefeated, and it's definitely better than people thought.
0: And I wish that was a night game instead of a 3.30 game. Of course, CBS wanted to pick that up and put LSU and Alabama at night.
1: I know I forgot about the double header that they usually do when LSU plays Bama. And so I was mm-hmm. thinking we were going to end up with ESPN night, but I forgot about that.
0: Well, let's, let's handle first things first. I take comfort in the fact that I feel like lad's mm-hmm. going to be back fully healthy. I feel like Kendall Milton's going to be as healthy as he's been all year. Um, I feel good about our line having two weeks to kind of play, you know, put the puzzle together Uh, If Monroe Freeling's in there, fine. Uh, Amarius Mims will hopefully be back. I think we've got plenty of guys to move the ball around to without Brock there. And then I'm going to just rely on our defense.
1: Yeah, definitely rely on our defense. Our defense is second in the nation right now in third down defense. And that's really what this is going to come down to. So, um, I. I don't know. I, I really don't know how this game is going to go, but maybe it maybe it's more low scoring than we think.
0: Well, I love that stat, and I didn't know that that we were second yeah. in nation in third down defense.
1: Yeah, and there, Florida's actually 108th in third down offense. Well, so, um, I know you mentioned the Graham Mertz stat, so that probably has everything to do with their running game and how they just haven't been able to get third downs, besides the ones that Graham Mertz has completed. So. Yeah, that was a big stat uh, I saw today, actually, when I was looking.
0: I love that stat. I love that. Thank you. You're making me feel better. So it's either running game or or it's third and nine and Graham's completing a pass for seven or eight.
1: Right. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yes. All
0: right. you're, You're making me feel better. So let's flip to projected final four. Ladies go first. (laughs)
1: <laughs> is this uh, what I think the rankings are going to be next week, or the end of the year?
0: Oh well, let's. Hmm, great question.
1: Because, I mean, it's completely two different things. It's what I'm guessing they're going to say, and what I'm going to say. <laughs>
0: okay, let's let's do both. Let's start with next week first. What do you think?
1: So I heard today that somebody had projected George is going to be sixth. That was
0: Dan Mullen. That was Dan Mullen. He doesn't count.
1: My boss told me that today, and I didn't know who who said that, so I was going to ask you. But uh, I think they'll have Georgia in one. I don't know that. I, I do believe Georgia will be one or two. And with how much they love Michigan and Ohio State right now, I think both of them will be in there. And I think that's how the AP poll is right now. And I think at four, I'm, I'm struggling with what to put it for because I would have said Washington before they struggled right. this past weekend. Right. Um, and since Florida State played well in the second half, I'm struggling with with what to think. but I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go Washington.
0: Okay. I'm gonna go Georgia. I'm gonna go with the cheaters at number two, and that's yep. Michigan. We'll get more yep. on that in a second.
1: The cheaters.
0: The cheaters. The Michigan Cheaters. That's what they should be called. Um, Ohio State, I guess I'll put them at three. And just between Washington, Florida State, and Oklahoma, I'm going to go with, and I don't know why, Oklahoma.
1: Okay. Yeah. I think that's that's safe. Uh, Oklahoma struggled uh, this weekend too, almost lost to UCF. So yep. it's um, – it's just making their schedule look weaker and weaker, as if if it's already not.
0: Well, you know, they're hanging their hat on their Texas win. Who is hanging their hat on the Alabama win, Alabama. which more and more is looking like a good win? As I mean, Bama, Milro didn't throw those two picks, and the Alabama's undefeated, and they're probably number one. Yeah. Thank God they're not. Okay, end of the season. What do you got?
1: So I've been back and forth on this a lot. Um, I'm starting to wonder if Georgia is going to lose a regular season game. Mm-hmm. However, if Georgia does, I am fully confident that we will win in Atlanta. So for that reason that I don't really know, I'm still going to have Georgia at one right now. I don't really, I'm not really confident to put anyone else there. I'm going with Michigan at two. I do think that they're going to win all of their games and, uh, I'm putting Oregon at three. I am very confident that Oregon is going to win out and that they are going to beat Washington, if it is Washington, in um, their second game against them this year. They do play Utah this weekend. Utah played really well against USC, so that's probably on upset alert and definitely something that could happen. But I'm going with Oregon at three. I really think, um, according to the statistics, Oregon is one of the better offenses in the country right now, and Bo Nix should definitely be in the Heisman talk to me. So I think he's going to come through. And then at four right now, I'm going to go with Florida State. I understand that Oklahoma and Texas probably have the easiest way in, but. Um, With assuming that all of those four teams I just mentioned are going to win out, I think that Oklahoma and Texas, I think Texas is going to be Oklahoma. So I think that both of them will be left out.
0: Yep, I think you're right. So, and just to touch on a point that you mentioned about Georgia losing Mm -hmm. a regular season game, if they're going to lose a regular season game, obviously I think it needs to be to Ole Miss because you want to beat everybody in the East so that you win the East. And then just like you said, get to the SEC championship and win that, which I think is far better, correct me if I'm wrong, than running the table in the regular season and then losing to Alabama or whoever in the SEC championship. That's the nightmare scenario, right?
1: Yes, because we will not be in if that happens.
0: Um, Gosh, that's, hey, which goes back to, what do I say? I want everyone to lose.
1: Definitely. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to still, even through now, still pick the top four teams because there's looking like there's going to be five conference champions with just one loss. So, yeah.
0: So, I'm going to kind of go back into this. I agree with you on Oklahoma and Texas. You put Florida State in there, right? Yes. Okay, I got Florida State in there. I've got Michigan not in there. Because okay. now that Michigan is going to have to play a four-game season where they can't steal signs <laughs> and have to win the old-fashioned way, I could see them losing to Penn State, but I see them definitely losing to Ohio State, which puts Ohio okay. State, which puts Ohio State in.
1: Okay, so Ohio State is in for you. So you still have that Big Ten representative. Okay, so we got
0: the Big Ten representative. I got Ohio State Big Ten. I got Florida State uh, ACC, Big Twelve. We've said they're out because of the canceling each other out.
1: I think they're out if those other people finish with one loss or better.
0: Okay. So now let's say that there's a bunch of cannibalization in the Mm Pac-12. So that you've got to pick between a one loss Pac-12 champion and potentially two one loss teams out of the SEC. Okay, so you've got, let's just say, Oregon comes back, beats Washington in the rematch. Okay, you got both those teams with one loss. Alabama beats us. I don't know, let's just, yeah, Alabama beats us. So you got us with one loss, Alabama with one loss, Oregon is the Pac-12 champ with one loss, Washington is also a runner-up with one loss, just like us. Man, what do you do then?
1: If only one of those people makes it, or, or there's room for two of those two, people? Two
0: of in. the four. They're going to let a Pac 12 champion in. So let's just say that that takes one of those spots.
1: Um, I think the two champions are in.
0: The two champions are in. And we're. Yeah, up.
1: they just they put a lot of weight on that championship, even if it is a rematch in Washington and Oregon situation. I don't think they're going to go to another thing like strength of schedule. I think they're going to put a lot of weight on that champion. Mm hmm. Um, I think it'd be interesting if North Carolina ends up winning the ACC um, and then you have a one-loss – wait, does Florida State and North Carolina play each other? I don't know. Well, if you have a one-loss ACC champ that loses to North Carolina, well, that would only be Florida State. That doesn't even make sense. But whether or not that makes sense, I'm wondering if a – one loss, North Carolina ACC champ, because that loss against Virginia is just very, very bad. Yeah, I'm wondering how that would weigh against maybe, you know, a Georgia that loses to Alabama, for example, or a Washington or a Utah that stays out of the Pac-12 championship.
0: Well, I see where you're going, and that would be, in that scenario, you would have no team from the ACC because North Carolina would have won it but still had a loss to Virginia.
1: Yeah,
0: I agree. So basically what you're schedule is not hard
1: enough.
0: I think what we're figuring out here is that we have to run the table. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the only and if we don't run the table, the, the one to lose is to Ole Miss because it can't be tech. Right. And we need and we need and we need Ole Miss to keep winning. And we need and and we need LSU to beat Alabama so that we have a rematch with Ole Miss. Yes. win that game and get in? Yeah, so that
1: scenario is actually really interesting. So if if Ole Miss wins out and then LSU beats Alabama and LSU wins out and Alabama wins the rest of their games, then there will be a three-way tie in the West because they would have all beaten each other in a triangle. And the way that that is tiebreaker is really confusing if you try to figure it out. But I believe that they go down – in the West with common opponent and winning percentage. And then they go to common opponent in the East and all the way down. I don't know if you've looked into this, but it's really confusing and I totally could be wrong because I haven't asked a soul about it, but I think that um, all the way down ABCDE, like it's still tied, tie, tie, tie. And then it finally gets to the point where it is winning percentage against your opponents in the East. And because Ole Miss plays Vanderbilt in the East, I would be worried about that because Vanderbilt's winning percentage is not going to be very high. I need you to look into this for me, though.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I was about to tell you, you've got to go on Paul Feinbaum and ask Paul that.
1: <laughs> maybe I need to call them after this or tomorrow.
0: Okay, so wait, I'd back um, up. So, but, but they would have beaten us, so we've got a high percentage.
1: Right. I never have the time to sit down and actually do the math. Um, and like I said, I totally could be wrong, but I think that the way – because I assume the way it is what was going to be some other way of going into the East and maybe even outside the conference, but – they really value the West, and so it's like um, uh, record against every team in the West. Well, it's they all have the same record because right. they all beat each other and only right. each other. Right. And so I think it goes down to the East uh, opponents.
0: And so in the East, Alabama will have played Tennessee, and
1: I think is it is it Kentucky.
0: Yeah. I think they do play Kentucky. Well let's see.
1: And then um and then LSU was Missouri, obviously, and then Florida.
0: And so. Florida. So that makes them look pretty good at this point to get in. Right?
1: Right. Right, definitely. It would it would probably be LSU. So here's what the here's what the three way Divot three way tie says for all of you wondering. So, the way the first thing it does is combine head to head record among the teams. So, they're all they all beat each other. Second, what does that
0: wait? Does that include non conference?
1: No, that's just like just the combine, West. That's just head to head. That's not okay. the West. That's head to head. Okay. Okay. B is record of the tied teams within the division. So, the West. So, they would all have the same record in the West. Okay. The next one is head-to-head competition against the team within the division with the best overall conference record. Okay. Which that would all be a tie, right? Because they would all have the same conference record. They'd all have one loss in that Correct. Correct. The next one is overall conference record against non-divisional teams. So that would be against East teams, and they would all be undefeated in the East.
0: You're right. It would kill them. it would oh. kill or Miss that they played Vandy.
1: Right. And then it goes to record against the common non-divisional team with the best overall conference record.
0: And they don't have one.
1: They don't have one. And so then the next and last one is best cumulative conference winning percentage of non-divisional opponents. Best
0: cumulative conference record of non-divisional which is what you're saying where it gets down to vandy vandy would penalize and keep out Ole miss Ole miss so and- then so then between alabama and lsu <laughs> we've got alabama plays kentucky and tennessee lsu plays missouri and kentucky
1: and um florida
0: and florida
1: so it would be close yeah i mean i because Missouri and Tennessee still have to play each other. Um, Kentucky and Tennessee, no. There's a lot of the East teams still have to play each other. So that could that could change. But I bet you a lot of Ole Miss fans do not realize that that is the case if they do win out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guarantee you they don't. <laughs> um, okay. Well,
1: hopefully they know now.
0: Yes. All right, my new favorite subject, the Michigan Cheaters. What Wait, are your real
1: thoughts? Real quick, what's your top four? Oh, oh no, my top
0: four. top four. Yeah, okay. Four. Um okay. Did so you tell me your top four? No, I never never settled on it. Um Florida <laughs> State, Ohio State. I'm gonna keep it simple and say, Well, I don't think Washington can beat Oregon twice. I think Dan Lanning makes some Better decisions, and they're undefeated right now. So I'm going to say Oregon.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And we have to keep in mind too that that game was at Washington, and they only won by three. So uh-huh. you put that at a neutral site, they're probably not winning. And of course, they went over three on fourth down.
0: Right. So <sighs> I, I got to say that we we end up. Well, let me ask you this before I tell you. Who do you think wins LSU and Alabama, which is at Alabama?
1: I think LSU wins.
0: <laughs> really?
1: I really do. Yeah, I really do. And okay. I would not I would not have said that earlier. Um but the way that Alabama struggled against Arkansas and struggled in the first half against Tennessee <sighs> I don't know because they looked so good in the second half against Tennessee and, and the coaching was just outstanding that Saban could get them together and, and do that comeback.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to agree with you on that.
1: I already said it though. I already said LSU. I can't change it now.
0: <laughs> well, no, I'm going to agree with you that that happens. And because that happens, it's us versus LSU. And I think we would beat LSU because of our defense. So then it would be Georgia, Oregon, Ohio State, Florida State possibly. And I would, mm, who would, I don't know if who would be three and who would be four. I don't know. I don't know. Let's forget all that. I think there's going to be a
1: lot more regular season losses than we're anticipating
0: as I hope. Now let's talk about the cheaters.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) He got caught cheating during the COVID season. Then he got caught lying about the cheating And they gave him a four-game suspension. He thumbed his notice at that and said, no, I'm just going to self-impose three while we figure this out. So then everybody kind of forgets about it. And as you know, the bombshell comes out about Connor Stallions and him buying tickets to 82,000 games and flipping them through Venmo and not even trying to cover his tracks so that, you know, he's got places and people everywhere. I mean, have you seen the Ohio State clip that shows them against Michigan last year? where you know you're looking at um, you're looking at from the Michigan side you can see Michigan's lineman and you can look at uh, Stroud Ohio State's quarterback he gets up there does the clap and then they all look over to Ohio State Ohio State makes the call says that Stroud then looks back and you're looking at the Michigan coaches who have done the exact same thing and they're going cuckoo for cocoa puffs to call in the exact play that they know that they're running yep. it, it's the most Obvious case of cheating and breaking the rules that I think you could ever find. So why can't something be done that doesn't take 10 years to drag out? Because in my mind, you've been cheating this year. You've been cheating the last two years. You should be eliminated from the CFP. The Big Ten should step in and say all of our teams have come out and said this guy bought tickets to our games. They can come up with the footage and show him filming the other team. They're cheating. Why does that not matter? I don't get it.
1: I totally agree with you. It's infuriating, and they're probably going to get away with it. Uh, Hopefully, they're not going to win the Big Ten um, because they definitely don't deserve it. And as we've seen the past two years, they've made it to the playoffs. And who knows if that is part of the reason why. Um,
0: yes, yes. I mean, what I
1: keep thinking about is people are not talking about this and people are kind of just blowing it off and saying it's not a big deal because other people do it. But what would happen if Michigan had beaten Georgia two years ago and TCU had lost to Michigan last year? Like if Michigan wins those two playoff games, like right now, like there's fans that are really, really angry, like wondering, like, is that why we lost that playoff game? Because Michigan was cheating. And so just because they didn't win the national championship doesn't mean that it wasn't happening and that it isn't a big deal.
0: Well, you know who's most mad, and that's Ohio State, because after just getting beaten again and again and again by Ohio State, all of a sudden after going two and four in the COVID year, magically they start winning 12 games. 12 and two and finally beat Ohio State. And then the next year they win 13 games and beat Ohio State again. I mean, if if I'm on day (laughs) right now, I'm on suicide watch.
1: (laughs) I'm with you. Uh, It's, it's, I don't know. Uh,
0: The the most frustrating part is the whole world knows they're cheating. The whole world knows they've been caught red handed cheating. And the whole world also knows that nothing's going to happen. Right. The NCAA is just a toothless tiger that has no power. And if they had any power, they couldn't use it fast enough. I mean, to me, the ones who have to step up are the Big Ten because they're the ones who have been cheated on the most.
1: I agree. And and they need to say something so that this can get figured out. I mean, they... They have no business being in the playoffs this year. I mean, this is the most obvious thing ever, and it's very stupid on their part that they let this
0: happen. I mean, it was so brazen. I mean, not even assumed names, not even trying to – the Venmo transactions that the guy would sling the tickets with were like tickets to Rutgers game or Penn State game. How about making it private? So nobody sees that. How about putting, you know, $300 because I lost a bet or something rather than what it really is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and he was at the, or he bought tickets to the two SEC championship games the past two years too. Yeah. It's like, it, it could not be more obvious.
0: Yeah. yeah. Nothing's <laughs> going to happen. And I'm going to keep it's complaining about it.
1: Frustrating. Yeah. Yes. It's, especially since everyone now is saying that Michigan is the best team in the nation and JJ McCarthy is going to win Heisman and all this new Michigan talk. Um, What happens if they do go and they win with this, all this going on?
0: I think that it's just going to get louder and louder. I don't think that the Mark Slayballs and the Pete Thammels of the world are going to just walk away from this. I mean, they're, they're, they're like a junkyard dog on a bone. They're not going to let it go. And I think more and more stuff is just going to keep coming out.
1: Yeah. And maybe you're right about Michigan not winning the Big Ten. Maybe all the talk will kind of distract them from their focus.
0: Well, that's the best thing that could happen to the Big Ten is for them to not win. Because if they win with all this stuff going on, it's just going to be a you-know-what show.
1: Mm Definitely. Definitely.
0: Well, I'm just glad. I mean, can you imagine how you would feel if in 2021 they had beaten us and then we found all this out now?
1: No, I know that's what I'm saying. It's it, I can't imagine.
0: I mean, that would be unbelievable. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Basically, if you come at Kirby Smart, you can cheat, but you're still not going to win. That's
1: right, which is pretty embarrassing. That they still lost, I mean, and, and even last year against TCU. I mean, y'all saw what we did against TCU, so the fact that Michigan couldn't even beat TCU apparently when, while cheating is pretty embarrassing.
0: It's super embarrassing. I mean, and I, I think basically what we figured out is cheating can't overcome terrible turnovers, which they had,
1: <laughs> right.
0: um, and it can't overcome Kirby Smart. That's right. All right, Cassie. Well, I got to run, but thank you so much for coming back.
1: Yes. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it.
0: When do I get to come on your podcast?
1: Come on. Let's All right.
0: Do it. All right. I'm going to text you and we'll figure it we got,
1: out. We got a lot to talk about. We got,
0: we got so much to talk about. We just barely scratched <laughs> the surface. All right. Well, go, dogs, and I'll see you soon. All right. Go, dogs. <laughs> And for our Halloween special, we have not Dr. Snetzer, but we're going to call him Professor Snetzer because he is going to teach a master class on tightrope procedure. What is up?
7: All right, my man. How's it going? Yeah, it's Things, good, things are going well over here, getting ready for a big game this weekend. Uh, getting ready actually to head on down to St. Simon's uh, this, this evening.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you squeezing us in for you kick off your guys trip, which I assume is a guys trip. You're not taking kids down there. Uh, it'll
7: be uh, a couple strip. The guys will start tonight and tomorrow. Then the wives are coming down on uh, late tomorrow night and Friday.
0: Uh, everybody wins. Exactly. <laughs> well, you have brought, I understand, some visual aids to show us yeah. how the tightrope procedure works. It seems like it's just something we always hear about. We have no idea what's going on. So I'm looking forward to this.
7: Yeah, yeah. So obviously, I, this is not a procedure that I, I, I'm familiar with. It. Uh in regards to exactly what's done how it's done but you know i'm a spine surgeon so i don't do much foot and ankle stuff so i reached out to a friend of mine uh with arthrex which is the company that makes the uh this tightrope uh procedure uh ben terry and he was able to provide me with some examples here so i have what i have here for you i'm trying to back up so we can see it well yeah this is a model of the fibula here on the outside which is the small bone on the outside you have the membrane the interosseous membrane or the ligament between them and then you have the tibia which would be the bone on the inside okay Okay. And when we have a high ankle sprain, which we've been hearing so much more often now, it is basically an injury to the ligament between these two bones that provides stability to the ankle. Okay, uh, And the thing that these take longer to heal, and that's why we can't hear it. And we hear these people that are out you know, six and eight weeks or even longer with the high ankle sprain. So the, the guys at, at Arthrex uh, designed this procedure to help stabilize these two bones and stabilize that ligament, provide some stability there so that that ligament could 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 heal faster, and in theory, heal faster. So what they have done is they designed this little plate that goes along the outside. It's called a little buttress plate that goes on the outside of the fibula. And then they you put that plate on and you drill all the way across. So you drill all the way across between both bones, all right? And once you drill that all the way across, you put this, this rope, it's basically a tight rope. You can see here, it's kind of a rope it's got this little flip anchor on the other side and you put it across, you flip the anchor out as you've seen done right here, and then you pull it back out and you tie it down into this plate. So you're basically cinching these two bones together and recreating the stability that this ligament does between there to help give it, you know, one, to give it some stability initially and two, to allow these things to heal back uh, in theory faster. So, so is this it providing-
0: is- is it providing more vertical stability or horizontal stability? To that ligament.
7: Uh, you would think more, uh, a little bit of both, right? But it is. It, so there is some place that's so more kind of like kind of compact and pulling it together. So I'd probably say more horizontal. Okay. Is how I would describe that. Okay. Because it's still going to have some. But there's not a whole lot of motion because remember this this bone's fairly fixed. This ligament is going up through here, and then it, then it's attached up here at the knee as well, up mm-hmm. higher up. So the bones from a vertical up and down stability, it does have some. But this is just trying to more more com- compress it together because when you have an injury to that this actually this it actually widens out these bones widen mm-hmm. so you're trying to pull them back together
0: okay is this something that once the uh you have that uh tight rope that wire in there it stays there forever
7: yeah typically unless you have some kind of issue now you know some of the concerns for this procedure is that is that these, these things are going to heal on their own by themselves right you don't have to do this procedure okay and so some of the controversy involving this is that why are we putting people through a surgery uh, that could lead to an infection or, or another issue to, to treat something that's going to heal on its own? Um, you know, one of the concerns is, you know, the, the soft tissue on the outside of the ankle is pretty thin. There's not a lot of tissue on this side. Mm-hmm. So this plate can become prominent, uh, can cause irritation, can cause there's some tendons that come around this area that can be irritated. Uh, and then it could also, you know, kind of wear, erode through the skin, per se. And, and maybe even lead to an infection in that area, which could lead to, to, to more problems. So that, that's some of the controversy involved in this procedure. Um, you know, is it widespread being done by a lot of sports surgeons? No, it's not. Um, it's definitely become in fashion. And, you know, I think probably the most time, most, the first time most people heard about it was when Tua had it, what it was like 2017, maybe. So right,
0: maybe. that's exactly right. Is that
7: right? Yeah. So, you know, that, you know, five years ago was really the first time we'd really heard of this. So. You know, everything has to start somewhere. So I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just saying we're, we're kind of in the early stage of this. There, you know, there is some data supporting it. But, you know, I think, you know, kind of time will tell where we go with this in the future.
0: Well, it seems like if you're under a time crunch, you've got a deadline and the deadline is the regular season. What you're trying to do is accelerate the uh, the healing process. So hopefully, you know, what gets you an extra Back on the field two weeks faster. Yeah,
7: in theory, maybe two, three weeks faster. Right. Um, you know, you know, but we, you know, we've had these. We've we've seen these injuries go out in the last two or three months in people. And so if you can say, look, we don't do this surgery, you're going to be three months, we do it, and you're going to be maximum of six weeks, you know, for us, for a short season, and when you got to get somebody back for a season or for playoffs, you know, it's certainly a, an option to consider.
0: And so, like uh, AD Mitchell last year, AD Mitchell didn't have oh, yeah. it. Right? right. He did not have it. And it just lingered for the entire season.
7: Yeah. As far as I know, he did not have it last year. And yeah, I mean, golly, I, I think we talked about it every single week. Like, when's he coming back? We're on AD watch every week. When's he coming yeah. back? When's he coming back? Um, you know, so these are just lingering injuries. Like I said, I had one in high school. It takes a long time to recover from these things.
0: It's a, um, So far this year, we've, Amarius Mims has had it. Yep. Uh, Lawson Lucky has had it. Yep. Uh, Brock Bowers has now had it.
7: Yep. And I think Bullard okay. was one There's four total.
0: There was another one. Okay. Um, I right, hold that model back up again, please. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So your left hand, hold your left hand up. Uh, this is, the left out- hand. is that your left hand?
7: Yeah. It's just how you're looking at it on the screen. Okay. Yeah, so- then your
0: right hand. Okay. Uh-huh. Is, is that touching the exterior side of the ankle?
7: Yeah. So this is the outside of the ankle, right? That's so the, the fibula the is a small bone on the outside of the
0: ankle. Okay. Okay. I'm just trying to kind of get it straight in my head. Yeah. So you've got, you got, you got no screws. There's no screws in there. It's just the wire.
7: Yep. So you got, well, you got the small, the metal plate to help buttress. And then you got what we call like a little flip anchor on the other side. So it flips through. So that's giving it support so you can pull it back across to tighten it up.
0: The metal plate is like stuck on there with uh, liquid nails or something like
7: that. It just, it just, when you tie these down, it just sticks there and you have two tied down to it.
0: And it's just uh, custom contoured to the shape of the bone. Correct. Gotcha. Fascinating that what we're yeah. looking at has been the cause of so much angst in the college football world, especially it really the has. world. I mean, it's like that's the worst. It's it's as bad as hearing you tore your ACL.
7: Yeah. <laughs> at least we you know those. Are, you know, we've talked about that long enough, and. We, we we know, you know, ACL now people are coming back from ACL much faster. You know, it used to be minimum of a year, and now we're looking at people coming back in nine months and some some of them are even sooner than that. But we kind of have a more definitive pathway on those. We know, hey, you tear an ACL, you know, you're gonna you're gonna get your range of motion back, you're gonna get the swelling down, then you're gonna have surgery, and then you're gonna go this protocol and you got it's kind of very stepwise fashion of where it's gonna go. And but so before, we know
0: before the high ankle, before the tightrope procedure, you get a high ankle sprain in week two you might not see we might not see you again till week 10 or later
7: yeah I, I really you know that just may have been you know the degree of how much was torn of this ligament this ligament goes all the way up right yeah, so right. If you just have a small area at the bottom and it's really not widening that much you know maybe you're back in a couple of weeks that heals up or if you have a significant tear you know we weren't mri in these things so we really don't know how far up these things were going um so if they had a significant tear that went higher up then maybe those were the ones that were that were lasting longer we, we really don't know because we diagnosed them as ankle sprain. We knew they weren't broken. And then we just treated them as the high ankle sprain. We didn't MRI everybody.
0: What is the name of that ligament? The
7: ligament. In- interosseous ligament.
0: Interosseous.
7: I-N-T-E-R-O-S-S-E-O-U-S. Interosteous ligament.
0: So it's an IOL. Yes. So it's an ACL. Yeah,
7: there you go. Yeah.
0: It's, your, it's the IOL yeah. involved with type yeah. of procedure and high ankle sprain. Yeah. And so is there any company that specializes in the tightrope procedure and what goes into it? Yes,
7: that's what I was saying. So uh, Arthrex, who specializes in sports medicine, they do—they make the stuff for ACL replacement or ACL. Uh, They are the ones who develop this and and are
0: marketing it. And so how long has that been around?
7: Again, I think the first time I heard it was five years ago. Before that, so I trained, the last time I did any kind of sports medicine stuff was 2015. Mm -hmm. And I don't even remember people even talking about it then. Since, since 2015, I've only I've focused primarily on spine,
0: and so it's it's only used in in sports settings. Correct. Okay. And our friend, the local rep uh, Ben Terry, is the one who works for yep. them and set us up with a model.
7: Yeah, Ben Terry. I reached out to him last week. and said, "Hey, man, you know everybody's asking me about this tightrope procedure. I need you think you can get me a model so I can explain it to these to to our fans that are following us online, so they can really understand you know what this is." And uh, he was uh, gracious enough to get one
0: for me. Well, thank you very much to Ben Terry, and uh, thank you for educating us on this this disease. I'm going to call it a disease, this yeah, virus disease. that yeah. has been plaguing the dog nation. Yep. So, I mean, I, do we have anything else to talk about? I don't even know who else.
7: I is. mean, I think that that's the that's the hot topic right now, right? I mean, that was the thing. You know, we had an off week. Hopefully, we got some guys that were, you know, everybody's, you know, got some some aches and pains. Hopefully, we got some guys some rest. Um, you know, got a big game this weekend, you know, in Florida, no matter, you know, what we think, who they are, what we are, it's always gonna be a tough game, usually a physical game, you know, fingers crossed, we can come through it with, with uh, no injury with a W and no injuries.
0: So, um, all right, I'm going to flip back to your specialty, which is a spine. Of course, mm-hmm. is the, is the injury that lad has, is that something that we need to continue to worry about flare ups because it's a muscle? <laughs>
7: You know it can always be there it can always happen right but you know there's so many different muscles in the back and these guys are such, you know highly trained athletes they're, they're working on those muscles you know so they get any kind of damage to them you know it could just take time and i think he's kind of gone through that uh i don't think he had any kind of structural um, injury from what i can understand um so could it come back yes likely mm, you know probably not you know i think once he's got through it kind of got rid of that inflammatory process that was going on with it that he's probably okay.
0: Okay, good. Because we need him now more than ever.
7: Yep, yep. We need everybody step up. You know, one man down. Next guy's got to get up, and we got to pick the rest of the team up.
0: All right. One last thing. Put you on the spot. All right. So let's call week zero was uh, the injury Vanderbilt. This weekend will mark two weeks into the recovery period for Brock. Will we see him in week four of the four to six week recovery period against Ole Miss? which will probably be his last opportunity to play in Sanford stadium.
7: Will we see him? I would Probably not. Okay. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm saying I, if I were a betting man, I would say no, but you know, he's going to want to get out there, especially if it's his last game and if he, it, it could be, what well, could be his last game in Sanford stadium, right? He's going to want to get out there and play, but he's also, I think he's got to look to to his future as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if he's not a hundred percent, He's not playing that game.
0: Okay, so if so, he's not playing in that game, do you think we'll see him in the Tennessee game?
7: So that'd be week five. Yep. I, st- I still would put this on a more of a six week thing. And so at that point, I, I you know I think you know do you play him later in the, in the Tech game or later than that? Probably not. Maybe the SEC championship game. I can see that. My honest opinion is, if we see him back during the what we'll call the regular season, obviously the SEC championship, you could call that postseason if you want to. Um, that doesn't mean he can't be back earlier. But I think realistically, maybe looking at something around there.
0: So, wow. I mean, you think Tech's even in question?
7: I mean, not that I'm saying we don't need him against Tech, but I'm just saying if he can have another week to get healthy and get better, you know, maybe hold him out that one too. Again, you know, this procedure is new enough. I don't know the extent of his injury. You know, could it be four weeks? He certainly could be ready in four weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, I think what was Tua's turnaround? He was a in like, game. Who was, was four back weeks? It was four three. weeks. Yeah. And that was, you know, that was an SEC. I mean, that was a national championship game, right? At that time, 17 or playoff game. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, if it was a playoff game in four weeks, maybe. Um,
0: if
6: it's
7: tech. Every, every game, every game's is kind of a playoff game right now, you know, at this, right. at this point, you know, but, um, you know, I think it's going to be one of those things like we've got to get it. You're to, to get him out there, get him moving, see how it feels. You know, if he feels good and feels like he can handle it, then, then maybe he does play a mess. But I just think realistically, we got to be looking at, tell, say, six weeks, which puts him right at the tech game. And do you want to risk an injury that game or re aggravation? Say, I'm assuming we win before then for the SEC Championship
0: game. Hmm. I thought I was going to be happy after our talk. Now I think I'm a little sadder.
7: Look, I'm not telling you he's not coming back. Uh, <laughs> I think I think there's a, uh, yes. Is there a chance he could play against Ole Miss and Tennessee? Yes, there's 100 percent a chance that he could play those games. Um, you know, but again, not knowing the full extent and uh, of his injury. You know, we didn't. They don't. I'm pretty sure they probably did not MRI. It. They diagnosed him. They did this because a lot of this you can you can examine just with X-rays and see if there's any kind of widening of that joint, so they can diagnose it based on just X-rays. Um, you know, and then how fast he recovers from it. I mean, can is there the chance that he could play? Yes, there's a chance. I just, if I were, I kind of try to want to be a little more realistic with where I expect him to be, and I would expect longer.
0: So you're saying there's a chance. Exactly. I'm saying
7: there's a chance.
0: <laughs> All right, my man. Well, I know you got to hit the road, but I appreciate you coming in and putting on your master class on the high ankle sprain and the tight rope procedure.
7: All right, my man. Hey. You heading down there?
0: I'm headed down there. I'll look for you in the lot. All right, buddy. All right, man. Take care. Safe travels. Thanks once again for joining us on our special Halloween episode. Thank you to Harry Carey. Thank you to Dogger. Thank you to the stat freak, Bert Hodges. Thanks you to special guest Cassidy Pearson of any given Saturday. Now let's go down to the world's largest outdoor cocktail party and skin some lizards. H-B-T-F-D. Suck
1: The Mad Dog Show is proudly sponsored by
2: The Samford Company, Dogbone.net, Bulldog Illustrator, Classic City Collective, The Park Group Marketing and Media, Bib Distributing, Sellers Construction, Ventures Barbecue, Go Clean Co, J Lee Attorney at Law, Pelicano Construction, Jags Pizzeria, Makin Monogramming, Ortho Georgia, Cherokee Brick, Progressive Communications, Butler Auto Group, ASP, Ward Mini Storage, Walthall Oil Company, Beach Services, Willingham Sash and Door, and Cranford Chiropractic.